you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And yes, on today's episode, we of course have more to talk about from that great win by the Missouri Tigers over the LSU Tigers, including, well, of course, our new favorite son, our new favorite true son, in fact, Mr. Connor Basilak, and also, well, Missouri gave up a lot of points too, didn't they? So I want to break down the Missouri defense as well, and well, give them a grade as well. I think we all can agree that the offense did well. Let's talk about the defense a little bit more too, but unfortunately we got to lead with some cancellations, and obviously the big news you've probably heard by now is that the Vanderbilt game has been postponed. That's right, this Saturday's game no longer happening, going to happen instead on December 12th, which will be one Saturday after what was to be the final week of the season, originally December 5th against Mississippi State. Well, now we're going to have a December home game in Columbia. I don't know if that's ever happened. I probably should have Googled that, should have thrown it into my, should have headed on down to the library and done some deep dives on that. But I have a feeling that's got to be the first December football game in December in Columbia in history. So assuming that game happens, that'll be interesting, won't it? Possibly very, very cold. You know what? Quite honestly, even though I'm obviously disappointed that there isn't a football game this Saturday from a fan's perspective, had a great time at Faro Field this past Saturday to say the least. So like to keep that positive momentum going. But you know what? If I'm going to try to find a positive from all this, even though Missouri was looking like an 18-point favorite in this game, and statistically, even a team like Missouri, you might think, oh, Missouri blows it a lot in those spots. Well, statistically, they really don't. But of course, one spot where they did blow it as a huge favorite was last year against Vanderbilt. So you'd be forgiven if you were a little bit nervous about this game despite the point spread. But honestly, if I were Eli Drinkwitz heading into this week, I would have been hammering the fact that Mizzou lost to Vanderbilt last year, let all those guys know who were in the locker room last year, remind them of what happened, because this truly would have been a classic spot for a letdown game, coming off an emotional victory, the first victory of the Drinkwitz era against the national champs. Well, guess what? Now Mizzou has a bye week, and they get to regroup. Instead of having that quick turnaround, now we'll have two weeks to think about all this and frankly to rest up a little bit as well because, well, Missouri does have a few banged up players, a couple especially on the interior of the defensive line, notably Kobe Whiteside and Darius Jackson. Certainly be nice to have another week for Jarvis Ware as a cornerback to to heal up as well, without a doubt. But beyond just the obvious injury ramifications and, well, the psychological dynamic of not having as quick of a turnaround after a a big, emotionally charged victory. There's also just the simple fact that Missouri has a lot of decisions to make in terms of their depth chart coming up. Obviously, 
I was very pessimistic when I heard about all the young men who are out because of either injury or COVID or contact tracing against LSU last week. But clearly, Towski, Dove, Boo Smith, various other players, guys who played on the interior of the defensive line, really showed out, had some nice moments. Michael Wilson at receiver, too. Chance Looper. And so, in that vein, you got to look at guys like Kiki Chisholm and wonder how many snaps they really deserve to play. Now, the typical logic is that, well, you don't lose your job to an injury, so one would think you wouldn't lose it to contact tracing either, but quite frankly, it's not about losing your job because of that. You'd lose it because of performance. If if Dove or Smith, if they're if they're moved up the ranks, it's not going to be because, oh, well, you got sick. It's going to be because... These guys showed out when they had the opportunities, and frankly, occasionally some of these guys didn't. And before we get to more football, just quickly, of course, have to point out that Missouri and Kansas were re- were expected, scheduled, I should say, to renew their basketball rivalry in Kansas City this December, but now that is not happening. Also, this game is being postponed Well, about like six or seven years now, I guess. But don't worry, it won't be that long until Missouri and Kansas play. It's just originally the two games in Kansas City were going to bookend a couple games in Lawrence and Columbia. But now the first game of the restart to this series will be in Lawrence, Kansas next season. And well, just coincidentally, quite a bit closer to the 10-year anniversary of the last time Missouri played Kansas. And of course, that was in Lawrence, Kansas. And you know what? I broke down both those classic Kansas games in the archives from 2012. So definitely check those out wherever you find podcasts or at LockedOnMizzou.com. And of course, I have much more Mizzou football to get to, including our new quarterback and savior, Connor Basilak. And well, speaking of that silly joke, Eli Drinkwitz focused on the concept of faith quite a bit in his post-game talk. And, well, not religious faith, just faith in general. And I do want to talk about that just a little bit as being an important part of the game. But first, I want to remind you guys all about rockauto.com. Because here's the great thing about rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. But here's the great thing. RockAuto.com is for everybody. And not only are they for everybody because their prices are the same for everybody, regardless if you're a professional or not, RockAuto.com does not require a membership or an account login to get their same great prices every single day. So go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And be sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you. Well, actually, I want to start this talk actually at the very end of Eli Drinkwitz's post-game press conference after the LSU victory because, well, he talked about Connor Basilak and also unprompted mentioned another Tiger as well. Yeah, toughness, preparation, decision-making, accuracy, and leadership. Those are the five characteristics of a great quarterback. 
and a guy that we want to be our quarterback, and he demonstrates all of those consistently. He's mentally tough. He's physically tough. He wasn't rattled by the fact that he was getting pressure. He prepares the right way. He knows exactly what to look for on any situation. Um, you know, he's got great decision-making ability. Plays broke down. He knows how to throw it away. Plays perfect. He knows where to go with the football. Um, he's accurate with the football. He puts it where our guy can catch it. Nobody can catch it. And, man, he's a leader. He doesn't get rattled. Uh, I mean, he's over there on the sideline telling these guys, hey, we're fixed to go score again. Hey, we're going to do this on third down. I mean, he knows what he's doing. And, uh, you know, I'm just really proud of him. And I'll say this. I'm freaking really proud of Sean Robinson. There couldn't have been a better teammate this week. Could not have been a better teammate this week. He was He was the most excited person all week just encouraging our team. And I really think our team saw that because it can go one of two ways in, in these kind of situations. And Sean Robbins, a heck of a young man, he's a heck of a leader. Uh, he got dinged up on that first play. They rolled into him, hurt his ankle a little bit because he had a lot more plays uh, scheduled to be in the game. But I'm extremely proud of that young man and, and really proud of that quarterback room and what those guys did today. Well, first of all, just good on Sean Robinson. I think anybody who's played sports – for any long period of time can probably relate to the feeling of being benched or maybe being demoted from your starting position, whatever it might be, just some sort of disappointment. And like Eli said, there's two ways you can go with that. You can sulk or you can put your head down, be positive, try to help your teammates and frankly, just keep competing, try to win your job back. Cause frankly, negativity does nothing toward accomplishing either one of those goals. So Good on you, Sean Robinson. Just wanted to point that out quickly and obviously give you a, a little bit of color on what Eli's seeing from Connor Bazelak. And certainly, I've seen everything that Eli's talking about there. Lord knows I've been about as big of a Connor champion for the last season or so as anybody. Also, some interesting statistics about Connor from the LSU game. Blake Stark and I discussed last week quite a bit about how we were surprised that Connor had thrown 90-some-odd percent of his passes were outside the numbers the first two games, so almost nothing over the middle of the field. Well, against LSU, that was flipped. Almost the vast majority of his passes were over the middle of the field. In fact, 25 of his 29 completions came between the numbers. So either that's good good game planning by Eli Drinkwitz, good quarterback coaching, or maybe it's just Connor taking what the defense is given. Probably a little bit of both. Either way, I was just encouraged that it's not as though, not that I necessarily thought this, but those numbers were so jarring. I mean, 90%, that, that's a little bit jarring. So it was just something I wanted to watch. But now I think, now we can obviously put that ever so slight concern to bed, I think, at this point. And you know what? I want to talk about a little bit of strategy, too. Let's let's go back to that goal line stand by Missouri that ultimately won the game at the last second. Now, I wasn't honestly thinking about it at the time. I was thinking about a million other things during the game. But after the game, a lot of people brought up that perhaps Eli would have been well-served to call use some of his timeouts once the clock was clearly winding down just to potentially give Missouri a chance, especially once it was first and goal. You know, the thinking is, of course, well, either LSU is going to score or they're not. So obviously there's no downside to taking a timeout there. But actually, Eli did seem to think that there was a downside. And it was more of sort of a gamesmanship deal. So let's hear what he had to say about that. 
I mean, we were in control of the game, so I, I didn't feel like I needed to give them any extra time to think about what they were going to do, the pressures on them. So they felt the pressure, and we weren't going to help them. See, that's an interesting thought. And you know what? You know who might agree with him? Bill Belichick. Yes, that's right. Remember another famous goal line stand from the Super Bowl a few years ago by the New England Patriots against the Seattle Seahawks. Russell Wilson ultimately throws an interception. Malcolm Butler gets it for New England, seals the game. Well, much as much as in the same way, a lot of people thought, well, wait a second, why isn't why isn't New England calling timeout here to give themselves a potential chance to get the ball back if Seattle does score? Well, I think Belichick's logic, now this is what a lot of people, have, I don't know that Bill Belichick has ever actually admitted this, by the way, but I think what a lot of New England fans, especially I can think Bill Simmons off the top of my head, has speculated is that he saw Seattle, he saw chaos on their sidelines. He was looking over at Pete Carroll and seeing them kind of scrambling a little bit, maybe not being the most prepared for that situation. And as the play clock's ticking down, tick, 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 the theory is that Belichick sees that Carroll is feeling the pressure there. So maybe the Seattle offense doesn't get quite into the situation that they want to get into, or maybe... Maybe even more to that point, maybe Belichick, maybe they're getting into the situation that Belichick wants them to get into, or at least that he expects them to get into. Now, I realize that's a lot of speculation there, but again, the point in bringing all this up is that there is a ton of of gamesmanship to football, and more importantly, just so much context in that no situation is the same. You will see something different every single week in this game if you watch closely enough. So as much as I love the advanced statistics and and looking at all that stuff as a sort of interesting guidepost and an interesting way to challenge and sometimes confirm your own beliefs, let's all keep in mind that all this stuff is very, very fluid. So I don't know. I think I think you've got to give Eli a lot of credit there. I think just the just the fact that he was thinking that way shows a, a different level of thinking. I'm not just playing a, well, it works, so give him credit. Although, in some way, you have to give the credit to the victors. But at the same time, I think, again, just shows sort of some next-level gamesmanship thinking there by Coach Drinkwitz. Now, I want to talk about what this LSU victory truly means long-term for the program, and also I have some unfortunate news about a future Missouri basketball recruit. But first, I got to tell you again about the greatest bar in the world. That's Built Bar. Yes, forget about all those other protein bars. Built Bar. Now that's the way you want to go because, frankly, you can't beat the taste, and you can't beat the low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber profile of this excellent and delicious snack. Once again, if I were you, I would definitely get a variety pack and just try it all out. But frankly, again, the orange, very underrated, and also the salted caramel. But that's just me. You'll find whatever you like. And, well, whether you've whether this is your first time going to Build Bar or not, you should go there right now. That's BuiltBar.com. And use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% your next order. So whether you're trying it for the first time, you're coming back again, use that promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Well, once again, if you want to check out 
my archives at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, over at LockedOnMizzou.com. You can see my breakdown of a lot of the recent basketball recruits, including St. Louis's Yaya Kita, who is who is going to sign with the Tigers eventually, but unfortunately, apparently tore his niece, his ACL in the past week or so. Obviously, unfortunate news for that young man. But you know what got me thinking, really, is not only is it unfortunate that he tore his ACL, but it's unfortunate that, frankly, this didn't happen while he was at Mizzou. Now, I don't say that from Mizzou's perspective, necessarily. I'm saying it from this young man's perspective. And though, frankly, the two go together, right? Because what's good for him and his health as an athlete is good for Mizzou as well. I'm just starting to wonder, at what point do we allow kids who have signed with the Tigers or even orally committed? I realize this is going to break NCAA rules and and be thought of as a impermissible benefit, but you know what? Fine then. I'm suggesting that we change the rules and allow future kids who are going to be college athletes who have serious injuries to basically be taken care of by their future colleges, if, if at all possible, just to lend whatever, you know, I realize the geography of this might be might be tricky, but I'm just saying if there's any way that Missouri's surgeon, for instance, if he if they could use their actual surgeon on him, shouldn't they be allowed to do so? Shouldn't they be allowed to assist him in any medical way possible? Not only just for his basketball future, but just for his future health in general. I just think that's kind of the, the human thing to do, but that's just me. But you know what? Back to football. And I'm already starting to see talk about what this win really means. And that's totally understandable because while on paper it sounds it always sounds great for Missouri to beat LSU, especially when again they're the defending national champions. But obviously LSU lost to Mississippi State in week one, who frankly hasn't looked very good offensively since then. So you do wonder just how good LSU is. Maybe at the end of this season we'll look back and say, oh, that wasn't so crazy that Missouri actually won that game, considering that LSU wasn't all that great and maybe Missouri was a little bit better than we thought. But in terms of actual meaningfulness, that's all true in the short term. But in the long term, I don't think you can undersell this victory. And in his post-game press conference, I think Eli Drinkwitz gave us a pretty good idea of why that is. Uh, It's not ever going to be about me. It's going to be about our football team. It's going to be about our players and our seniors and the identity they're trying to create, the foundation we're trying to lay as a program. And uh, today's just a start of that. And there's been a lot of hard work. There's been a lot of, is this this really going to work? And they they found out it does. Is this really going to work? Now, that's a great question. Now, there's a question we've all asked ourselves at some point in our lives, right? If you're married like I am, for instance, don't pretend like at some point in your life you haven't gone, is this going to work? Is this really going to work? Well, marriage requires something, doesn't it? It requires a lot of faith. It's maybe the ultimate leap of faith, if you will. And I'm going to butcher this. I'm going to paraphrase this following quotation. It just popped into my head. So I'm just going to paraphrase this. But basically, the quote goes, faith is taking the first step 
without being able to see the entire staircase. And you know what? Football isn't totally different from a lot of things in life in that it requires some faith, some belief that you can't actually see yet. And with that in mind, let's hear what Eli said about the importance of Missouri's fast start in this football game. Yeah, I think I think that was all it was. I think it gave everybody confidence that, yes, we can play, we can score, we can get out in front. The, the things that we practiced are going to work, and uh, it was big for us. That's why we took the ball, and, and I'm glad it worked out. So I think if if you really break it down, a fast start, especially compared to the previous two games, obviously Alabama – beat the doors off Missouri quickly in that football game. Tennessee got up on Missouri fast, marched the ball downfield, scored a touchdown, went up 7 to nothing. And you know what, to Eli's point there, saying that's why we took the ball, well, again, I, in, I've previously said, actually pretty recently, I think, I'm of the mind I like to defer and take the ball in the second half every time. Now, I'm not going to repeat the reasons for that, But as I said earlier in this episode, there is no such thing as concrete reasoning. There's no such thing as hard and fast rules. Everything needs context. You need to be willing to adapt. And if he believed, and obviously I think what happened in the game totally reaffirmed his his reasoning there, but if he believed that his team needed a fast start, needed a little bit more faith, needed to get the ball into the end zone. He really believed that 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 flea flicker play was going to work. And if we could just get up 7-0 quickly, maybe that'll give my team just a little bit more belief. Well, I'm glad he did it, and it certainly paid off. Again, for as helpful and interesting as the more nerdy, advanced as football gets statistically. I love all that stuff. I find it very interesting, but at the same time, never forget that you're not dealing with machines when it comes to football players. No, you're dealing with 22 human beings on both sides of the ball. That's what you're dealing with. And and human beings are often in some ways very predictable, but in other ways from a second to second sort of, oh, what are they going to do? In terms of football, in terms of life, what kind of mood are they going to be in? Well, they can be awfully unpredictable as well. I just like that it seems, based on everything I've seen so far, that Eli Drinkwitz has a grasp of both of those sides of the coin. Of the sort of analytically minded, hey, let's break things down in terms of of math and get really into the actual X's and O's and everything, but also... Eli seems to understand the psychological dynamic as well. And that's really that's part of what makes a great football coach. Because there's a lot of great coordinators out there and assistants and offensive line coaches who are great at the very specific task of teaching young men how to block or how to tackle. But it takes a special person, it takes a, a much more unusual person to understand all the psychological dynamics of human behavior and also, frankly, to lead young men as well. That takes a a different kind of cat. And especially in the year 2020, quite frankly, it was as sensitive as these times can be, both for, for good reasons and occasionally bad. So, with all that being said, thanks for joining me once again right here on Locked on Mizzou. 
frankly, with the Vanderbilt game now postponed, I don't exactly know what my schedule is going to be this week, so we'll just have to play it by ear. Check me out on social media if you're dying for updates anywhere at Locked On Mizzou. So, until next time, I am John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou. Thank you.